KYW Original Podcasts. This is a Flashpoint Extra. I'm Flashpoint host, Cherry Gregg. One people plus killed in two mass shootings in less than 24 hours. Uh, people were shot and killed in El Paso, Texas, then another mass shooting in Dayton, Ohio. Hate is the theme of these shootings. And all of this came less than a week after a 19-year-old shot and killed three people at a garlic festival in California. And so all of this, of course, is very triggering for those who are victims of gun violence. And it also asks, what can we do about it? So I reached out to Patience Carter. She was just 20 years old in 2016 when she was shot multiple times by a gunman who opened fire at the Pulse nightclub in Orlando. That was another hate-filled mass shooting or massacre. Uh, She was friends with Akira Murray, the youngest victim to lose their life in that shooting. She was in Philadelphia this past weekend organizing a memorial basketball game for at West Catholic uh, for Akira. And uh, so we had to catch up with her, get her reaction to the latest rounds of mass shootings and also get uh, her thoughts on what can be done to make this better, to make change in this country. Please take a listen to my uh, interview with the one and only Patience Carter. First of all, how you doing? I'm doing really well. Um, I just had an exciting week myself, just getting wedding preparation done and um, planning, planning and executing an event for Akira Murray, who was the youngest victim of the Pulse nightclub shooting. And as we're trying to do all these uplifting and exciting things, there's a whole week just a whole week of gun violence. And it's like everything that we're doing, all the positivity, all the ways that we're trying to uplift people, it's, it seems like nothing is changing at all. It's hard to even like fathom the thought that this is seriously the America that we live in right now. Yeah, and it's been three years uh, since the Pulse nightclub shooting. And we've had multiple, I mean, just so many countless numbers of mass shootings since that time. Mm-hmm. And there's a cycle, it seems, that happens. But then... They keep then the shootings keep happening, and you were mm-hmm. tweeting about that over the past day or so. Honestly, the reality is our government has no idea what to do in response to America's mass shootings. Congress is more concerned about upholding the essence of the Second Amendment than protecting innocent citizens from mentally ill people that are getting access to assault-style weapons. And the reality is no one cares once the headline stops. The reality is a hashtag is not going to bring back people, loved ones who were killed unjustly. There are so many realities to, to face right now. And the big reality is the United States is attacking itself. And Trump's Make America Great Again rhetoric is just adding fuel to a flame that's going to burn our values as a nation to the ground. And that's just exactly what it is. Words, were you surprised that within 24 hours there were two mass shootings with scores of victims. The fact that there was two mass shootings back-to-back the way it was was very scary. And it was an eye-opener to the fact that there are people who are being encouraged to do these acts of violence by others who are doing these acts of violence. So people 
that have these access to guns, that have these passions wherever they got them from, are encouraging other people with those same passions to execute these acts of violence. And the only thing that made me was sad. It's, it's like, how do we stop this cycle from happening? How do we stop people from triggering other people to do these crimes? And it, it just makes you sad because you're going back around to a circle of gun violence, mental health, access to guns, prevention. There's Facebook debate, political debate, hashtags, more hashtags, thoughts and prayers. It's like, when does the cycle end? And the sad reality is, it never ends. And the only thing we can do as people, as citizens, is continue to speak out, is to continue to encourage um, background checks to prevent the wrong people from getting access to guns. And the reality is the prevention side of it has not been talked about as much as the gun itself. Like, preventing these things from happening to innocent people isn't the main focus of these events. It's just back and forth debates about whether or not people should keep their guns or people should, should not have guns at all. But I think it's a way bigger complex issue that goes beyond guns. Yeah, it goes beyond guns um, because, I mean, well, part of the issue is there's more guns than people in the U.S. Yes. And absolutely. I mean, I, I was shocked because I don't own a gun. So somebody has mine, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and so I, I'm just like, if there's more guns than people, like every man, child, woman could have a gun in, in America. We still would have a whole bunch. Some people could have two or three. It's like all these guns are just out here and you're mm-hmm. more likely to use it if you have it. And you got people with who are getting whipped up because of the rhetoric and the hatefulness that's going around. And, and you saw the shooter in El Paso specifically was oh my God, targeting yeah. people out of hate, just like the shooting that happened at Pulse nightclub. Let me, let me just say this. I have been very quiet on our president, anything about our president. I don't usually like to speak on it because I'm just watching how everything unfolds. And when you have a shooter in El Paso that's, saying that he's doing this because of a Hispanic invasion, it doesn't not make you think that maybe some of the things that are being said shouldn't be said from our president. And the reality is the White House isn't a reality TV show. Everything, where, where everything you can say can be edited and clapped together for some sort of political correctiveness, that's not what this situation is because everything you say gets absorbed. Everything you say matters. And if you understand that our gun laws do not protect innocent citizens from mentally ill people who can easily get access to assault-style weapons, then why encourage? Why encourage more hate in a nation that we live in that clearly needs more love when your platform could be used to harmonize and ease tension? You're stirring it up. And I just don't understand that. I just don't get it. I don't understand it. Post my club is just in a string, unfortunately, of of very intense uh, mass shootings. And many of them have been based on hate, like this, mm-hmm. like the most recent one in El Paso and others have just been someone acting out in anger. And mm-hmm. so when you, when you hear about this, you think Congress, I mean, they're, they're being called back for an emergency session. What mm-hmm. do you think they could do? I think there needs to be universal background checks to end the sale of assault style weapons. I think there needs to be uh, some sort of, Congress and Facebook connection. When you have a El Paso shooter, right, posting racist things on Facebook, 
Like, it's, it's a whole document that he put on Facebook that shows his motive as to why he went to a Walmart and killed 20 people. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, how can we, how can our government miss things like that on Facebook? Is there some sort of way that we can add some security check of what people are posting on Facebook or just across all social media sites to see if there's anybody getting people riled up to do something extremely, extremely horrible and tragic like this this past week? You know, is there is it possible that we can see somebody posting things like that and stop them from going to a, to a nightclub and shooting shooting innocent people? Is there some way that we can do that? Um, right now, I think our focus needs to be preventing preventing these things from happening. And the sad part is, hate is always going to exist. There's always going to be hate. There's always going to be people that feel passionately about their own views, but there always needs to be a way to alleviate some of that tension and prevent those people from ending the lives of others. And it's the people that are hurting from this. And I think the focus needs to shift to the human beings that are losing loved ones, to the human beings that are being shot when they're just trying to enjoy a night out, they're just trying to buy school supplies. I think the focus needs to shift to them and how we can protect them. Yeah. When these shootings happen, does it do something to you as a person who survived a mass shooting, who saw friends, people you love die in this? Does it do something every time? Because there's so many, unfortunately, this is a club that many people in America are now a part of. Absolutely. When I see mass shootings, when I see headlines from mass shootings, like, for instance, I just got back from Philadelphia, and the first screen that I see in the airport is about the El Paso shooting, and then the, the, the updates for another mass shooting. And then it's like, I couldn't believe, I couldn't even process that, you know, just going from wedding plans and planning events, that you your whole life can be stopped just from looking at images like that, because you understand the pain that those people are going through. You understand the fear, how scared they are. And and, and it just, like, takes me back there because I, I just don't know what to do. As much as I want to do something as a survivor, I just feel like I feel hopeless. No matter how much I speak out, no matter how much I try to, to raise light to things, it just seems like nothing is happening. And it seems like I'm adding to a cycle of thoughts and prayers and thoughts and prayers and, and debates, but nothing is happening. And at this point, I just feel lost as a survivor of gun violence. I feel lost. And I, I personally don't know what I can do as a survivor, of, especially in that shooting, to help these things not happen anymore. But the only thing that I can honestly say is that background checks need to be implemented a lot more than what they are. Um, because a common thread across all of these mass shootings is that there's someone that feels strongly about their own views, gets a gun, and makes the wrong decision that affects several families. That's all I know. And if we could stop one of these steps from happening, maybe it starts with the background checks. Maybe it starts with, I don't know, it's all about security and privacy. I'm all for it. But when we have a shooter posting a document on Facebook that says that he's going to do something in response to the Hispanic invasion, I think that's something we're looking into before something happens. Yeah, yeah, and maybe if people did 
comprehensive background checks where social media was included. You could kind of like, you know, uh, or, or some kind of parameters um, so that you could stop this. But you're doing well in life. People want to hear this, okay, because mm-hmm. you're engaged to be married. Yes. You wrote a book. I did. <laughs> I mean, so this it's is... all these amazing things happening, but at the same time, there's all these horrible things happening. And how do you balance being happy while watching horrible things happen? That You know what? But patience, you deserve... You've been through a lot, honey. You've been through a lot. And you, and so I feel like you deserve a bit of happiness in this world. <laughs> you know? Thank you. And, and I, when I saw that, I was like, I just happened to see one of your tweets float down my timeline. I was like, oh, my God. And I clicked it, and I was so happy that you, I mean, you're a beautiful young woman. And I'm just like, of course, somebody, you know, you're going to find love, whatever. And and uh-huh. and I'm just so happy to see. And I didn't even know you had a book. And I'm just like, please tell people about your book because maybe <laughs> you know, let somebody download the book. Like, yeah. you you know, you deserve you deserve that. You deserve it. Thank so tell you. people about your book. Well, my book, Survive and Live: The Patient's Carter Story. It goes beyond detailing the events that happen around Pulse. It's more so a journey that I'm taking people on about. Not only that experience of how I healed, but of all the the things that I've went through in my life that I had to overcome. And each chapter, I'm focusing on a single part of my life that I learned a lesson from. The first lesson is you're stronger than you think. And that pretty much sets sets the tone for the book on the journey of how I was able to get to this mind state that I'm in of just focusing on the positive and living your life truthfully how you want it, not afraid, not worried about what people think, and just completely living freely. And I think the purpose of the book for me is to show people that no matter what you go through, no matter what trauma you experience, no matter what you went through as a child, none of that is going to stop you. You shouldn't let it stop you from living the best life you possibly can. Because as we're talking about all of these mass shootings happening in one week. We can't let that stop us from trying to live our lives. We can't let that stop us from wanting to start a family and to wanting to be happy. Because if you let all of these horrible things just like completely take your hope away, it'll it'll make you very depressed. So I just like share that journey of how I was able to pull myself from that dark place and the people around me, of course, but it wasn't an easy journey. And I think a lot of the times Sometimes I made it seem like it was, and I just made the book very relatable, down to earth, so people could understand that. Yeah, even though I'm at this place that I am now, it wasn't it wasn't um, a peaceful journey like I made it seem. So there was all these other things happening at the same time that I just wanted to be open and honest about, so people don't think that if it's not going good, if it's not going smoothly, that you're not healing. But that's really the point of it. Um, all the all of the journeys and experiences you have is a part of your healing. So it's how you look at it. And I just hope people can be inspired and change their perspective on their situation that they might be going through right now. Yeah. And so you're getting married on top of that. Congratulations. Congratulations. And you had a big bridal surprise, bridal shower. Beautiful. Awesome video, social. (laughs) And so, you know, what do you want people to kind of know? I mean, you're, you've kind of, it's been three years plus, 
Um, there's so much stuff still happening in the world, but yet, you know, you keep moving forward. And, and I, I think that that's, that's a beautiful lesson mm-hmm. that you have oh. to and, and be and doing good stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just, it's just hard for me to like focus on like my positives right now when it's just, like so many negatives going on, like in the world, you know, I just feel almost, it's, it's, I don't want to even say that word, you know, I don't even want you to like quote that word guilty, but it's just like all of these amazing things are happening, but I still feel like I have a duty, you know, that when things like this happen, that I have to speak out, I have to say something because I know there are people that are going to listen to what I'm saying and having that responsibility of having people listening to what you're saying, you just want to say something meaningful and inspiring and powerful. And I'm hopeful, and I really do hope that I'm living my life as an example of life after tragedy, of showing people that no matter what you've gone through, no matter how horrible, there's still a chance for you to pull yourself up, to lift yourself up, and live the life that you want, regardless of what you went through. And I'm so thankful for my fiance and and all, all the people in my life right now that are just making it as special as it is, but there's so many people that can't bounce back. There's so many people that are going through things right now, today, that feel like it's the end of their world. So when I, when I said, like, how do you balance being happy and, and feeling like I have this responsibility and this duty to speak out, it's, it's a challenge for me every single day. That's a part of, like, what the book is, is me, like, finding that balance and figuring yeah. out how can I use my voice and also take a moment to be happy, like in the midst of all these things that are going on. So it's a lot. It's a lot. And so you, I assume you graduated from college, right? And, and sort of doing your thing. What are you, what are you, what are you planning for yourself? What am I planning for myself? So right now the focus is just getting married to yes. the most amazing man in the world. Oh, and, <laughs> so nice. and, my book. <laughs> and my book. And that's, that's pretty much it. Are you healed your leg? How's everything going? Is it back to as back to normal as it's going to be? My leg hurts every single day, but it's stronger. The leg that my femur was shattered in is actually a lot stronger than my other one because I worked so hard on preparing this one that I kind of like neglected the other leg. So it's I'm much stronger than I was before. I work out uh, a lot of times out of the week. I can't I can't really put a number on it because I've been doing so much traveling, but I exercise as much as I can. I apply more and more pressure to my leg, even though it hurts. I still dance, you know, so I just keep pushing no matter how it feels. And I feel a lot stronger than I was before. Wonderful. And are, <laughs> yeah. Are you living in, where are you living in Florida now? I live in Hollywood, Florida with Alex. And we travel to Philadelphia a lot because we're having our wedding in Philadelphia at the Lincoln Financial Field. So I've been back and forth a lot these past couple weeks. Yay. And when's your big day? My wedding is August 25th. 2019, so it's coming up pretty soon. <laughs> OMG! Oh my God! Yay! That is amazing. I'm so happy for you. Like this is thank you. This is like this is amazing, and you deserve this. Please just live in the moment and and you know let God bless you, girl. Let God bless thank you. you. <laughs> and it, would you send me a picture that we can use on our website, and we'll um, we'll. I'll put a photo of the book as well. And I assume it's available on Amazon. Yeah, it's available. And it's available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Um, It's six different countries. So just get the book wherever you can. (laughs) Wonderful. And so congratulations and best wishes. What's your new last name going to be? Murray. (laughs) And we have a hashtag. um, Hashtag let's get Murray. (laughs) 
Wow. Is yeah. he related to, are you guys all, have you guys all known each other? Well, I've known him before we started dating, but I wasn't really like interested in him. But the the tragedy that we both experienced, because he lost his little sister, Akira Murray, who was the youngest victim in the Pulse nightclub shooting, that um, while he was grieving and while I was recovering, we kind of found like this, this common ground um, during that time and we just looked at each other differently. So we were able to, as cliche as it sounds, like we were able to find love in a hopeless place and that love helped us both come out of our dark places. So I'm happy to have him. Oh, oh my God. That's so beautiful. <laughs> so, so you're literally marrying uh, Akira's brother. Wow. Isn't that crazy how stuff like that happens and it's, it's the worst thing ever. And then it, some, God finds a way to make something beautiful from something that is, just seems so bad. You know what I'm saying? And that's the thing. God always finds a way, no matter how horrible it looks. And that's what I'm trying to, I'm trying to live my life as a living example of that. And when situations like this happen, I just want to show that I know it hurts right now. I know you're never going to be able to give back your loved one. I know you're never going to be able to hold them in your arms again. It's not going to, and it's no hashtag. It's no thought and prayer that's going to bring that person back. But you just have to believe that there's a bigger plan over your life and the lives of others around you. And if you want to speak out, speak out, use your voice, but also take time to heal. Also take time to heal and also take time to love and love yourself. And it's sad that no matter what happens, like we can change, but we just have to have that belief and that faith that it will and that everything comes together for a greater purpose in the end. This has been a Flashpoint Extra. Thank you so much for taking a listen. Flashpoint is KYW's weekly public affairs show. It airs every Saturday night at 930 and every Sunday morning at 830 on 1060 AM on your radio dial. You can also listen via live stream on KYWnewsradio.com. If you want to know what you can really do for us, please subscribe to the Flashpoint podcast. You can get it on the radio.com app, Apple Podcasts app, or other platforms. All you got to do is search Flashpoint KYW. Also, Flashpoint airs every Sunday morning at 5 a.m. and 6 a.m. on WOGL. That's 98.1 TDY, 96.5 B101 FM in Philadelphia and on WPHT. That's 1210 a.m. Thank you so much for taking time out. Please rate our program on apps and um, we appreciate you. You are considered part of the Flashpoint family.